Hello and welcome back to Queers in the Club, your new music podcast with an LGBTQ plus focus. I'm really excited to welcome you to the first episode proper. In this January recap, we're looking at the new albums released by FKA Twigs, Aurora and Lazarus Lynch, some new tracks have dropped and looking at Judy Garland as our first gay icon. Hello and welcome back uh, to Quiz in the Club. I just want to say a big hello to you all. Um, This is the first episode proper. Obviously, last time, if you were able to listen, um, we did... I say we. (laughs) It was me. I did a recap of the my sort of personal top 20 songs, queer songs of 2021. So this episode is really exciting because I finally get to talk about new music and um, explore some albums in a bit more depth. Obviously, last time was a bit more of a whirlwind trying to recap different songs from different artists. But this time around, it will be more of an in-depth view, which is really exciting. Um, I hope you've all had a good January. Uh, I feel like it's flown by. I mean, I realise that I'm going to be uploading this sort of mid-February as it is. So that just goes to show how quick it's gone. Um, So yes, January. What happened? What's January about? I mean, I feel like January in terms of music has been pretty damn good, as we're soon to find out later on the podcast. Um, Very exciting. We've got three new albums to explore. I think this is kind of how I'm seeing it go forward in the future, this podcast sort of two, three albums reviewed every month, as well as some new tracks. Um, Then I want to introduce two new sections um, to the podcast. The first of which is going to be... Shh, it's one from the library. And the second of which will be kind of what I mentioned before, um, talking about gay icons. I was actually speaking to my cousin Louise about uh, this new section. So shout out to... Louise, um, talking about Judy Garland, aka the kind of first um, gay icon, at least in the Western world and sort of an American slash British perspective. Um, so yes, really excited to, to talk about that. I haven't come up with a title for it yet. I'm waiting for something to really land. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to follow me on Instagram uh, and tell me what exactly you, you know, what you think the title should be, who you think I should be talking about, and any other recommendations that you have. Uh, the Instagram is at Queers in the Club. Easy enough. Um, and feel free to DM me, or I might do a poll or a Q&A thing. Who knows? But if you go follow on there, and then feel free to tell me what you think should be recommended. Anyhow, let's get started then. Um, it's time for me music. Best new track one. The first track I'm going to be talking about is a song. It's the first single released by K Tempest of their new album, The Line Is a Curve, set for release in early April. So if you don't know, K Tempest is a Mercury Prize and Brit Award nominated poet, rapper, and spoken word artist. Um, they were previously known as Kate, um, but they recently came out as non-binary and changed their name in 2020, preferring to use they/them pronouns. Um, and this is their first new release under this new name, um, and the song is called "More Pressure." 
Over a glittering backbeat, Kay and Brockhampton's very own frontman, Kevin, who happens to be gay, uh, rap about the need for release and letting go. Um, if you're not familiar with kind of spoken word, don't really worry, because I found that this track didn't put, put me off in any way. I'm not super, you know, into my spoken word, but it's definitely kind of just like a rapping and, and it's a bit different in the fact that Kay uses their own uh, British accent, but like that's just the way that they express themselves. Um, so I'm really excited about this track and I'm excited to see what their new album is to be. So here's the first track, More Pressure, featuring Kevin Abstract. Kay Tempest there, I'm really excited to see the tracks that come out leading up to the April release of that album. Honourable mentions for Album of the Week by Queer Artists include Mo and Years and Years who came out with the albums Motodrome and Nightcall respectively. Um, these are just albums that I haven't really given a listen to. Obviously they deserve mention because they're massive um, mainstream albums releases that deserve praise um, and they're just great examples of queer people breaking out into the scene and the mainstream music world so congrats next up uh album of the month new album alert it's time guys we're going to talk about our first album i'm really excited um i've never really done like an album review before uh so let's see how this goes i'll try and do a sort of in-depth you know take on things but nothing too crazy um give it a listen it's the new one from fk twigs called capri songs see if you're british you'll you'll get that that kind of pun there capri song capri sun um if you don't know them already although i'm sure that many of you will fk twigs is a uk singer there's a new mixtape that she created during lockdown um, and it features several different collaborations. I decided to include this project um, on, on the podcast, not because Twigs herself is queer, but because her career is heavily influenced by the queer scene. I mean, her debut album was recorded while Twigs, you know, she got into the ballroom scene in New York. She's an excellent voguer. Um, I mean, just look it up on YouTube. Her, her dance skills are insane. Um, and she frequently, you know, collaborates with queer artists. Um, and the tracks that I'm going to play for you guys, um, they are the same. They, they include queer collaboration. Capri Songs, in terms of a mixtape, is a bit of a change in direction from Twiggy's last album, uh, which is called Magdalene. And that kind of showcased her classical sensibilities. You know, she's trained in as an operatic singer. Um, it, she kind of plays with that in an avant-garde direction last time. But far from that album's heartbreak, uh, Capri Songs is just Twigs' more playful side coming through. Um, I definitely say it's her most creative and playful, you know, piece to date. It's full of collaborations and features. Um, the mixtape is just super reflective, but it's just a good bit of fun too. Um, there's lots of dance hall and Afrobeat influences, um, as you can probably hear on the track Puppy Bones. Happy Bones is a fun track and it features bisexual artist Shy Girl whose, you know, up and coming career is noteworthy in itself. Definitely listen to her, some of her tracks if you haven't. Um, the song is an upbeat dance hall affair with production from frequent Rosalia collaborator El Guincho and Sega Bodega. 
It's simple fun and sort of sums up the spirit of the project for me. Um, the track kind of bounces along and has been described as a reflection of Twigs' youth. You know, going to Croydon College, which, you know, as someone who is from Croydon, we are proud. Um, which, you know, she actually gives a shout out to Croydon Crows later in the track list. Um, fun fact. This track, like the interludes of the album, features a lot of voice notes and... Again, sort of spoken word passages, but more off the cuff things, um, which is kind of reflective of the collaborative nature and lo-fi aspects of the mixtape. Um, we're given insight into the process of writing and creating the songs, and Puppy Bones is no different. Um, it's guaranteed, I bet you there's someone in Croydon playing this song at a prison right now. Um, it just gives you all those vibes. From a bit of fun to something more, I don't know, it's not sad, but it's certainly more sincere. Um, this song, Thank You Song, uh, is my favourite track from the mixtape. It's the very last track. Um, and the song, which, like Tears in the Club, uh, which actually gives its name to this podcast, and it was the first single released with The Weeknd, um, massive song. Um, but that featured this interpolation of a piece by Arca and this track too is, has production from Arca. Um, it's more reminiscent of Twigs' early work like that on LP1 which is almost fully produced by Arca. I, I think I mentioned Arca last week um, in my top 20 from 2021. Arca is a non-binary um, gender kind of fluid um, Venezuelan producer and the production on this song is really what, what makes it stand out. The song is kind of super spacey and it works in layered harmonies that make Twigs' voice resonant all the more. And she thanks her lover for saving her. She struggled in dark times, which maybe is a comment on Twigs' previous relationships. Um, she's spoken out quite recently about her abusive relationship with the actor Shia LaBeouf and the, the fallout of the court case and that followed, etc. Um, this song is removed from that. It's hopeful and grateful. Anarka's production... Uh, make it so much more beautiful. Definitely my favourite from the mixtape. So that was FKA Twigs' new mixtape, Capri Songs. If you're looking for some club bangers, but also some real heartbreak tracks, then definitely FKA Twigs' new mixtape um, covers that for you. I mean, just in the tracks that we've chosen, you have... Puppy Bones, the dancehall, the reggae influences, but you also have some sincere ballads too. You've got the whole range. 10 out of 10 from me. Best new track, two. If we move along then to our next new track of the month, this is a song called Go by Cat Burns. And I actually discovered this song from Apple Music's Queer and Now playlist. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised by this kind of low-key but direct track from up-and-coming queer artist Cat Burns. Um, I didn't realise this, but they've actually got a million fans on TikTok or something like that, um, which has helped them to land a record deal with RAC Records. Go, for me, is kind of reminiscent of Lily Allen. Um, it's very blunt in its lyrics and you know, delivery, um, as Burns details a post-breakup feeling of regret and bitterness, having been deceived by her partner. It's pretty simple, but, but totally effective. It's just got these kind of soft acoustic guitar and electronic uh, moments here and there. Um, but Burns's voice is what 
delivers the punchline. Um, I think it totally works, and I'm excited to see what else they come up with. Welcome back. Uh, I want to say thank you so much for listening up until this point. Uh, One thing you could do that would be really, really lovely is subscribe. Whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, subscribing would be a really massive help to kind of get the ball going. And also feel free to follow my Instagram where I'll be posting updates on new episodes as well as new stories um, with a queer music focus. It's at Queers in the Club. Um, I look forward to seeing you there. I'm hoping you're enjoying this first new episode um, with the new format. I'm really looking forward to continuing throughout the year, looking at new albums every two weeks, possibly every month, depending on their output. But yeah, hope you're enjoying. Give me some feedback as well. Some stars on Apple Podcasts. That would be great too. We'd love to see it. Back to the podcast. New album alert. It's time for our next album now. Um, And it's the release... uh, Well... I have to be honest with you guys. It was actually released in late December, but I'm counting it in, in January because that's when I found it, okay? I don't care. I've just made my own rules for this. This is my podcast. Let's let's just roll with it. So, Lazarus Lynch. Sanctuary is the name of the album. Well, I found this album reading an article on them.com, which is a queer-focused online magazine, and this article was all about how queer black artists are navigating gospel music and religion and faith. Um, It sort of mentions Lil Nas X and Serpent With Feet, um, discussing how new artists are navigating traditional faith and queerness, which also cited Lazarus Lynch. I hadn't heard of them before, but they're actually known more as a chef. They're the first black queer chef to cook at the Met Gala, in fact. Um, but they branched out into gospel music with the first full-length album, Sanctuary, released at the end of last year. They were raised uh, in the Pentecostal church in New York. Being queer, it took him a long time to embrace who he was. If we listen to this first track, Holy Ghost, you can kind of get a flavour of the album. There's elements of funk in the bass line of Holy Ghost with horn sections here and there. It's kind of squelchy, the bass. It's, it's really funky and there's there's a praising of faith and receiving of the Holy Ghost as Lynch urges the listener to let the spirit move you around. Um, you know, as I'm sure you probably are aware, queer people often have complicated relationships with the religion. Um, we're actually going to discuss a track called Pure For Me by Aurora Uh, from her new album that kind of deals with conversion therapy Um, so often there is a complication with faith but here it's just a joy celebration of spiritualism and belief in God that is just fun my personal favourite though from the track listing is this song called Queen Mona The intro is totally reminiscent of Solange for me. I realise that might be a reductive um, comparison, but I totally could see this on her track lists. Um, There's these twinkling synths and gentle horns that create an ethereal yet soulful sound. Um, It builds and breaks into fast-paced percussion to create a joyous celebration of feminine power embodied by the titular character Mona. The spoken word outro urges the listener, particularly black women and femmes, to embrace themselves and stop caring about what other people think, um, telling them, why should I be bound by hiding my body? This is who I am. God made us the way we are. 
again, this is not, you know, I'm not a huge gospel listener, but I really think this album does a good job in introducing the fun and joy of religion and gospel music um, in a quite modern way. So I definitely give it a recommendation. Best new track three. Our third and final new track of the week is Lights Out by Fred again, Romy and Hi. I realise those are three artists. Um, you may be familiar with them. Particularly you might recognise the voice of Romy Croft, given that she was one third of the XX, um, which is one of the UK's most critically acclaimed indie electronic bands of the kind of past 10 years, I'd say. The band has some great, often moody tracks, but here in her solo ventures, with the producers Fred again and Hi, who are both DJs, Romy has returned to her roots in queer club music, having grown up DJing herself in gay clubs. Featuring some euphoric electronic beats, Romy's voice soars above them. Um, and Fred again, the DJ who leads production here, describes the vocals as a hug from a rave angel, um, which is pretty accurate in my eyes. You just want to join in with her and, as she says, dance with the lights out. Um, it's a pretty cool track and I am excited to see what Romy does next. New album alert. Now, you might know Aurora, as many of us do, um, from a certain John Lewis Christmas advert from 2015, when she covered the song Half the World Away that went pretty viral. Back then, she was a relatively low-profile queer woman from Norway, and now she's featured in Disney's Frozen 2. Um, she released her second full album, which reached number eight in the UK. The album is called The Gods We Can Touch, I was actually lucky enough to see her perform at the launch of her album on January 21st, where she did this kind of acoustic versions of several songs from the album. I mean, her voice is really pure and very clean in that kind of ethereal Nordic way. Um, but she really plays up to in the indie pop instrumentation and mythology inspired lyrics that characterize this project. Um, we might be having a certain interview with someone to talk about that album launch and maybe some of the tracks that I mention. Who is that someone? That someone is me. Oh, hello. Hello. Hello and welcome, Mr. Gareth Lewis. What was your alter ego for a music reviewer? Oh, um, Quinoa Blake. Quinoa Blake. Uh, music independent researcher. <laughs> went to some obscure European university. I was going to say something like Budapest music. Or... Amazing times. Um, Do you think we sound the same? No, it's I hope Confusion not. to everyone. I was going to say, I really hope not. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? Oh, I'm here only for one reason, and that's because that's someone who went to the Aurora gig with you is, is me. So that's the only reason I'm really here. Mm. Um, I've been dragged to do it. Oh. Um, I know. Wow, sound enthusiastic. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I might know who you are. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Aurora. Aurora. So you actually messaged me about going, because I'd seen it posted her album launch, but I wasn't sure if I'd have time to go or whatever. And then you had a couple of friends who were also going. And then I was like, oh, George will want to go to that. Yeah. Because I originally... Classically, like everyone, mm. discovered Aurora through that advert. So that was how I found her. Mm. And then I remember she was going to perform at um, 
the Junction, which is a very well-known uh, music venue in Cambridge, mm. uh, probably in like 2016 or 17. Mm. And I didn't go because they sold out because everyone... She's a popular guy. Well, that advert, I think. <laughs> so I didn't go. And then, yeah, my friend messaged me and I was mm. like, oh. And she didn't know that we were actually a fan. Oh. And I was like, oh, I am a fan. Um, it was very cute. That's oh, how yeah. that's how we went. Well, obviously she released an album. Yeah. And it's called The Gods We Can Touch. Um, what did you think of the the live performance? Her? Yeah, what did you think Very of cute. Mm. And very sweet. Mm. I didn't realise, well, to sort of create an image in people's minds, it was very, uh, very sort of packed. Mm. And it was almost as if she was sort of lower than everyone else and everyone was sort of looking down towards her mm. in some kind of Coliseum-esque venue. Kingston in prison, <laughs> Just comparing it to yeah. some archaeological... Yeah, well, <laughs> if you've been there, you know what it's like. Mm. Um, one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Prison. I always say kids in Princeton. Kids in Princeton. <laughs> prison. Um, so it was very, like, a kind of cool atmosphere. And I think it was quite cool in that everyone was just kind of standing where they could. Yeah. So there were tables around the edge of it and mm. people were just, you know... One foot on the table, one foot on sort of another bench, trying to see Aurora. Mm. Um, but we were kind of peeping through people's shoulders. Mm. Uh, but it was very cool. Mm. And she was very cool. She was very busy. And again, as you say, like we properly had to like kind of crane your necks and stand on tiptoes to see her because it was so packed. Pick me up. I think the most I saw was when I went to the loo. <laughs> and I peeped through people's, you know, shoulders there. Mm. And I was like, I've actually seen her. Um, but it was very cool. Yeah. What of the songs that you heard did you like? Oh. If any. <laughs> there was the one I really liked and I can't remember the name. That's really helpful. <laughs> As it's, uh, you're getting what your money's worth here. <laughs> Let me get it up. Because I do know it. Do you? Clearly. Yeah, clearly you, you're an expert. Well, while I'm here, I can talk about the fact that I liked the song before. The song I really liked from a murder song. Oh, yes. And they had the acoustic version. Yeah. And the non-acoustic version. Yeah. And I really liked that song before. Mm. Um, what did it sound like? Oh, there. Heathens. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you do radio. And she bargains with the world, so everything she wants to Copyright. It's like she sort of popped her head in the podcast there yeah it was, it was like she was in the room thanks so much that was the one you liked that was the one I liked the most mm. just can't remember the name Heathens Heathens it was good very good and then uh, but the whole thing was cute mm. she's got a really good voice and she's like such a cute person and then she comes out with this quite impressive voice and she can what I found mm. is she knew how to sort of engage with an audience yeah she said some really funny stuff and I mean, I don't know even what she said, but she sort of made a lot of references to her very small height. Yeah. And <laughs> anyone who was slightly smaller than her, she used to love lapping up. Yeah. Because it's the thing, you have like very like, they're quite theatrical songs, I think. Yeah. So I was explaining before, like, basically each song on the album was inspired by a different god. Yes. Hence the title, Gods We Can God. Touch. Um, so it's very like kind of dramatic stuff. And then you have her in between. Um, she had this little analogy of fans who kind of scream at her, you know, I love you. Yeah. And she's like, well, this is the thing. 
if you do not love someone back, you can just say, I love YouTube. I remember saying that. Because it sounds like, I love YouTube. So just say, I love YouTube. And then she's like, I do love YouTube. Yeah. Very cute. Yeah. She was very cute and very apologetic in that yeah. she was, um, I think she had to go to, I think she had to go to Scotland. Yeah, to Edinburgh. And she was like, I've got to, um, I've got to go very quickly. Yeah. Because I'm off to Edinburgh. Mm. And I need to catch a plane. A cute few songs and a bit of talking. Yeah. It's what fans want. Yeah. I thought it was good. And I like the album. There's a few tracks that aren't like my favourites. But I was saying, I think sometimes some of the best songs are when she's the like least Aurora... Esque. Esque, yeah. Like Cure For Me was like kind of boppy. Yeah. A dance pop kind of retro thing. Um, and then Exist For Love. Yeah. The other one that's kind of like a swooning ballad. Whereas you could say Heathens is very Aurora. No, that's true, actually. I do think she does it well. Yeah. But it was good to have the variety, I suppose. I know what you mean. Mm. She's just very cool. And good fashion. I think she was wearing something white. Mm. Off the top of my head. It was like a flowy dress. Very kind of... She was floating, basically. Yeah. Ethereal. Ethereal. Yeah. Goddess. Goddess-like. Am I... Okay, impromptu. Yeah. Thanks for, for coming, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, I feel like if I have a guest on, oh, not that this is going to happen very often, but if I do, I feel like I should ask you what's one queer track that everyone should listen to? What's like a recommendation you'd have? The uh, kind of one song by like maybe a queer artist or producer that you think everyone should listen to? Oh, um, yeah. I feel like I know. Oh, you might. No, I don't think you will. Okay, go for it. Controversial. Um, it's called T. Like cup of tea, mm. and it's by an artist called Cobra, mm. and it's very housey. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't know that house, but um, oh, it's very fun. Mm. I think I'll, I'll play it after this, <laughs> <laughs> but it's very fun. So I'll put it under. Oh, as yeah. you're speaking, yeah. tea. I'm actually playing now. Okay, Unce, unce. you're really giving everyone the insight view. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go Sister Sisters. Well, that's the thing. I thought I would. Mm. I thought I was going to pick the song I was playing earlier. Mm. Swalk. Or Let's Have a Kiki. Which I think is also very fitting. Mm. But, uh, I mean, Sister Sisters have a... I can't say it's too many S's. But they are very camp. But I didn't know they were... I didn't know it was camp. At the time? No, I was... Well, it's a famous story that Mm. my first ever gig I went to with my mum. And she dragged me along. I was five. And I watched the sisters, and I mean, they turned you gay. I mean, maybe <laughs> it was like Jake Shears in latex, <laughs> and my me and my mum, and I loved it. Clearly, clearly. Thanks, mum. <laughs> um, there's always artists that you kind of realise later. Yeah, and you sort of re- you're like, how could I not realise in some exactly. ways? Exactly, not to stereotype, but someone like Elton John. He has songs where obviously it's like using female pronouns almost in love yeah. songs or um, Candle in the Wind. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, oh, very camp. And obviously Did. some people will be like, oh, how could you not tell? No, it's true. Mm. So it's his sisters and... Cobra. Cobra. Cobra, like ra. Ra. Like cob. Calling on a cob. <laughs> and then ra, like... Raw. <laughs> Where's my baku? Yeah. <laughs> Cobra. Cobra. Okay. I'll put it in the description Thanks. so everyone can check it out. See. Thanks. 
Anything else you want to add? Um, no, I have nothing else to add apart from I'll be claiming money for my time. <laughs> in this. How long have I been doing this? Uh, maybe five, ten minutes of my time. Yeah. Okay. I'll invoice. Yeah. Thanks for having me, everyone. You're welcome. That was the voice of everyone. Big crowd. Yeah. <laughs> the two people that listen. <laughs> what, me? Yeah. <laughs> this will be you hearing yourself. Or you. Probably me. Oh, great. So that sounded like Earl Grey. Earl Grey. <laughs> I'm not keeping this in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but can I say bye now? Yeah. And then you can add that in. Yeah. Okay, bye. First, though, the track Cure For Me. To me, the track's quite different from Aurora's usually more ethereal leanings um, in a funky retro pop track that served as the lead single for the album. Interestingly, Aurora has described how this song is in part about conversion therapy. Um, Herself a queer woman, she sings of how she cannot be cured an expression of self-love and in defiance of the many countries including the uk uh, that are yet to criminalize conversion therapy if you don't know conversion therapy is the act often including preaching or sometimes electric shock therapy to change someone's sexuality the track kind of flips this on its head um, and protests in a fun way with the dance pop crews emphasizing the uplifting message i mean to the listener queer or not we are told that there is no cure for us we are celebrated for our individuality and it's a really good dance pop song given the title of the album and aurora's often classical leanings it would come as no surprise that each song off the track list is inspired in some way by a different deity Cure For Me was partly influenced by the god of Hermaphroditus, who would nowadays might be described as the god of intersex peoples. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, Hermaphrodite is quite an outdated and misleading biological term. So intersex is the word used to people with biological sex characteristics, which are not typically male or female. Anyhow, a temporary high, the personal favourite of mine from the track list, is inspired by the two-faced god Janus, uh, or Janus, which Aurora describes as here representing the past and the future, and the necessity of living in between them in the present. The guitar hits on the track are dramatic, and really push the chorus from its building synth loop into a powerful refrain. I've highlighted these two songs here, Uh, mostly because I think that Aurora's best work is often when she's the least Aurora-esque. And I think these tracks prove that. Her pop leanings are really, really good. And oftentimes the slightly more ethereal tracks come off a bit stale. But I think what she does really well, she nails. And that's often being the least typically Nordic sounds that she can come up with. It's been just over a year since the trans PC music icon Sophie was sadly taken from us in a tragic accident that shocked so many people around the world. I mean, I was in France at the time, um, kind of on a holiday, and I remember being shocked to hear this. Um, And it's a real shame because Sophie was such a talent and such a beautiful person. Um, 
they transitioned relatively publicly in terms of the people that were fans of her. Um, starting with an early career in experimental uh, hyperpop and was really influential in the PC music camp. I mentioned these guys before. Um, they often collaborated with Charlie XCX. Think of the Vroom Vroom EP, if you know about that. Um, often working in really sugary, synthy, um, exaggerated forms of pop. And it's what Sophie did best. Her first full-length album was called... It, hang on, it's a mouthful. Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides. And it was just brilliant. It was one of my favourite albums from that year, 2018. And it just nailed it in terms of everything that we love Sophie for. Actually, she was in the news recently because... And if you follow my Instagram, you'll know this. An asteroid has officially been named after her. I mean, fans petitioned for the change following the, her passing in January 2021. Um... And it was apt because she reportedly fell to her death looking up at the stars. The International Astronomical Union has now officially renamed an asteroid, initially discovered back in 1980, to Sophie Zion, um, which is just a really, really beautiful way to mark the anniversary of a really tragic death. I thought it was apt for this new section, one from the library, to be featuring Sophie in some way. And what better song, really, um, to describe the feelings felt by so many of her fans than this song, Just Like We Never Said Goodbye. It's actually from Sophie's earlier stuff, uh, around the product era, um, before they released a full-length album. And it features the typical high-pitched, um, chipmunked almost vocals with some super synthy backgrounds. I think it's a really beautiful song, despite its somewhat abrasiveness, if you haven't been habituated to that kind of sound before. I love it though, and here is that track. Rest in peace, Sophie. Welcome to this new section, uh, how we're going to end every podcast. And what I'm going to be doing is looking at a gay icon. Now, what is a gay icon, you might ask? Well, just think what typically female musicians are lauded by gay men. And the ones that come to mind, Cher, Madonna, Diana Ross, Lady Gaga, and the OG, Judy Garland. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I actually had a discussion with my cousin about this because we both recently watched the autobiographical film Judy starring Renee Zellweger but this has kind of launched Judy Garland or relaunched I should say her presence as a gay icon into the kind of public conscious again the OG diva um, Judy Garland instantly kind of had a real connection to the gay community but the reasons for this and the idea of a gay icon surrounding the women that I mentioned from earlier is a kind of complicated history. To consider what is the first gay icon is to first consider what is a gay icon. And it's a loaded question. As a kind of general term, it's just a public figure who is received as a kind of cultural icon for members of the LGBTQ community. Often those people, like the ones I mentioned, are considered gay icons because of their themes of acceptance 
acceptance, self-love or expressions of sexuality and oftentimes suffering, um, which is certainly the case for Judy Garland. In a 1969 review of her Palace Theatre show in Esquire magazine, a critic wrote, homosexuals tend to identify with suffering. They are a persecuted group and they understand suffering and so does Garland. This is certainly true to an extent. I mean, Judy Garland was played with many, many problems throughout her unfortunately short life. Being a child star, obviously famously breaking out as Dorothy Gale in The Wizard of Oz, she had a 45 year long career um, that was not exactly the easiest of times. Throughout her adulthood, she was plagued by substance abuse, um, eating disorders, as well as financial instability. She owed a lot of money, um, and ultimately she died at the age of 47 from an accidental overdose. Um, her entire life was plagued by suffering. Back in 1969, they recognized that gay communities really kind of related to this in some way. But we kind of have to move beyond just the suffering part of that to consider why Judy Garland was so iconic. One, you could say, is the aesthetic. I mean, Judy Garland embodied a certain camp um, that is important to recognise. There was an irony, there was a theatricality and a humour that really, really was part of Garland's public persona. Um Undoubtedly, if you've seen the film, Judy, you will know that it's full of, you know, one-liners and kind of wink-wink, nudge-nudge moments. Um, and certainly that's something that, again, the gay community adore in someone. Seeing someone who would otherwise be seen as damaged goods shine is something that inevitably all kind of gay men aspire to. I actually did a essay on gay icons and the theory behind them. And I read this academic, Jose Munoz, um, and he really explored this idea that often LGBTQ people assign queerness to characters or celebrities like Garland that are not explicitly queer, but they do it as a coping mechanism. He suggested that when a gay man identified with Garland, he was writing his way into mainstream culture in a way which his own story could never be told. So essentially what he's saying there is, Judy Garland represented so many things and so many aspirations that gay men had, but could never actually have due to their limited social status, the completely underground gay scene that was there. And sure enough, Judy Garland and all that she represented made its way in to the gay community. And I mean, still to this day, for example, there was a common phrase that happened uh, as to refer to gay men in a discreet way as friends of Dorothy. You know, when there was an effeminate man, you might ask, is he a friend of Dorothy's? In other kind of more positive ways, um, someone who is a good friend of yours, you might describe as a good Judy, again, from her. Uh, so you might say, oh yeah, I know them. I know them, yeah, they're a good Judy. This really demonstrates the impact and lasting cultural um, influence that Judy Garland has had. And it's super important to look at her music, which is obviously what this podcast is all about. So, moving on, let's first consider one of my personal favourite songs from Judy Garland. It's called Come Rain or Shine. Um, 
It's a popular music song um, originally written by Harold Arlen and Johnny Mercer, written for the Broadway musical St. Louis Woman, but has had many uh, sort of covers and iterations since. Ray Charles, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, tons of people have covered this, um, but Judy Garland's versions really stood out, um, particularly her cover at Carnegie Hall which was a legendary night it was a record kind of breaking concert appearance often been described as the greatest night in showbiz history um, this version is full of tension and excitement you can really feel the crackling atmosphere in the bongos and the building rhythms that, that Judy Garland just floats over it's my personal favourite track to listen to of hers it's easy to see Judy Garland in such a tragic light, but this song is all about love and joy and excitement, and you can feel that frenetic energy in the instrumentation and indeed in Garland's voice, which is always stellar. For our final song of this week, we are going to, of course... How could I not talk about Over the Rainbow? If by some reason you have never seen The Wizard of Oz, I mean, one, are you okay? Are you, are you all right? And obviously this is the iconic song that came out of that, again, composed by Harold Arlen. Um, written for the film, the Academy Award for Best Original Song was awarded to Garland for it, and it became her anthem. I mean, the song has been covered countless times, perhaps because it deserves the classic status that it has. And it obviously has, has reached so many people. Over the Rainbow in 2017 was entered into the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress as music that is culturally, historically or artistically significant. Um, that just demonstrates the impact that this song has had. And again, it means so much as an anthem for the LGBTQ plus community. I mean, it has the word rainbow in it. Like, come on, it's going to be a gay anthem. Garland, as Dorothy, sings about wanting more than the life she has. And she asks, if happy little bluebirds fly beyond the rainbow, why, oh why can't I? I mean, that is just, I imagine, a very strong, pertinent feeling that many queer people feel. Something better than the lives they already have. Um, and wanting to fly over the rainbow again I don't think it's a coincidence that the flag is a rainbow flag um, and this song is just come on it's a queer classic well there you have it folks that was the first episode proper our January roundup has come to a conclusion. I hope you enjoyed the kind of more in-depth side of the analysis. Um, and I hope you found some tracks that you enjoyed. Again, I tried to cover a range of musical styles um, and obviously with the ability to include tracks from earlier, such as the one from the library, Sophie, and Judy Garland's kind of biography that I did, you'll be able to get a range in terms of time periods too. Just a reminder, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Queers in the Club, for new updates on queer news and uh, publications about upcoming episodes. And also subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. 
Thanks very much for listening. Hope to see you next week. Um, I'm considering the possibility of doing two February podcasts, only because there's a lot of stuff coming out. Um, Yul, Shamir and Kim Petras have already released new projects. We've also got Hooray for the Riff Raff and Sasami coming out with new stuff. So there's potential for two. Let me know if you think that would be a good idea. Um, and there's lots of new tracks as well to discuss. So all very exciting. Um, stay tuned. We'll be talking about another new gay icon too. Well, obviously earlier I talked about FK Twigs' incredible dance styles. Hint, hint. Hopefully you're paying attention to remember which one I was talking about because that may give a hint as to who might be the next gay icon I talk to. Talk to? <laughs> I said talk to. And we're actually going to have Judy Garland in the studio, live and direct. Much like AJ Tracy. I don't think he's queer. Anyway, enough about that. I'll see you next week. Hope you've enjoyed January so far. Look forward to seeing you February time. Best time.